Good morning and welcome in to the Cap and J Hood Morning Show on ESPN 1000. And we're streaming on the ESPN Chicago app with David Kaplan and Jonathan Hood with you here on this Dr. King Day. Now time for Shot or No Shot, and it is brought to you by Club Hawthorne Betting Bars featuring horse racing, video, slots, sports betting through points bet throughout Chicago land. Good morning, J.W. Norland. Good morning, boys, on a Monday Martin Luther King Day. Uh-huh. After a very ex- exciting <laughs> super wild card weekend. Thank you, Woody. Bet. How about Chris Berman? We got that? No, no, we do not. No. No. Not until you get into the the quarterback breakdown. If you get to the quarterback breakdown, Berman will come out. Shot or no shot coming up. Last segment, Kaplan got into a fiery debate with a caller. Who uh-huh. claimed Caleb Williams can't do it against top 25 teams? The brother. I remember, Hoodie, you may have even been watching. One of the USC games on Fox or Big Tw- or Pac-12 Network, they put up a stat about how bad Caleb Williams has been against top 25 teams. Mm-hmm. And if you go back, like a lot of people said, just counting out those games, that didn't look exactly right. So I went and looked at Oklahoma's schedule in 2021, USC's in 2022, and USC's in 2023. I marked all of the ranked games. And then I went and pulled Caleb's stats because I'm a loser. And I did this myself. Caleb Williams against ranked opponents in his career in college. 298 for 449. Good for 66% completions. Wait, 298 for 449. Correct. 66%. 13 games. 3,814 yards. 29 touchdowns. 8 picks. That's Caleb Williams against top 25 teams. Pretty freaking good. I'll take it. Right now. Sign me up. Would literally be, and it doesn't work because it's college, that would be the best quarterback in Bears history. (laughs) (laughs) But you got people out there going, I don't want Caleb Williams. He's not good. Let me just make a prediction. Mm -hmm. All these goofballs out there that don't want Caleb Williams and believe some of these fictitious garbage that they find, Shea just did all the research himself. Yeah. They're going to be the same ones lined up at my friend Dino's in uh, the Glen with all the jerseys. Excuse me. Do you have the Caleb Williams throwback from USC or Oklahoma? Do you have the Bears, Caleb? Nope, those are sold out. Can I get my name on the waiting list? Can I trade in my number one jersey from Justin? Stop. Yes. Kid's a freaking stud. And we just had a caller that just said that Bo Nix is a better quarterback than Caleb Williams. You heard that in real time, right? I did. Okay. Okay. All all I know is that uh, as a college football fan, Caleb Williams is the best quarterback that I saw. And I also saw a USC team that struggled defensively. It's hard to be able to climb out of a hole when you're always behind. As soon as you do something well offensively, here comes the Trojans like, uh, like Swiss cheese defensively. Time and time again. That was the best bet for me every Saturday, Shay. I just bet the over on a USC game, it would cash whether or not Tim Brando was broadcasting or not. That is correct. (laughs) Poor Tim Brando. And again, if the background (laughs) checks don't check out, that's for polls to figure out. We don't get access to dinners and weekend meetings and spending multiple hours with it. We don't get that. 
Ryan Poles and his staff do. So they've got to do their homework. But in terms of putting the tape on, oh, doctor, stop now. Yes. Now, maybe, again, maybe the analysis is, no, you know what? We think that Drake May will be better for the Bears. That's fine, too. I told you. you I I loved what I saw from Drake May more times than not in games that I saw. I came in and told you on a Monday morning, like, that guy's pretty good. He's going to be good, too. Pretty good, kid. Like, Caleb might be be the best of the best out of this class, but Drake May's good, too. You did. Or the other option is... The option is going, running it back with Justin Fields, another offensive coordinator. But my bottom line will always be they just have to get it right. It has to be better than this, what we've seen. Those numbers that you cited in that first hour about the ineptitude of the offense, uh-uh. You can't get to the playoffs that way. Cannot. And that's the name of the game, you just cannot. to get in the dance and then find out how well you could dance. You cannot. Here's Shay Norling. Shay? In a year that many expected to be a down year for the NFC North, remember the Lions had the highest win total at 9.5. People did not think that this was going to be a good division. In fact, a lot of people thought the Lions would win that many because the North was bad. Instead, you've got two teams from the NFC North playing in the divisional round. It's the only division in football with multiple teams in the final eight, and neither are the Chicago Bears. The Lions, of course, we expected to win the division, but the Packers, with the youngest team in football and a first-year starter at quarterback, went down to Dallas and won. Shot or no shot, the Packers once again have the brightest future in the NFC North. That's a shot. That's a shot. And it's revolting to say, but that is a shot. That kid is a stud. And they've got the youngest roster in the National Football League. And they've got the Jets pick plus their own pick this year. Oh, stop. I think the Jets is a second rounder Mm -hmm. because Aaron got hurt. Otherwise, it would have been a first. So is it the Packers have the brightest present or future? Future. For you. Future. Okay. Doesn't mean we can't beat them. But in terms of today. Yeah. We don't know if Caleb Williams is our quarterback or Justin or Tyson Bajan or whoever it is. We don't know. Because for me, it starts with the Lions. It starts there. Because, They're really good. Because that's not going to be, at least from the way I look at it, it won't be just a one-off for them. This is something where I see them in the playoffs on a perennial basis. That's what I see. Mm-hmm. Packers being able to get this done with Jordan Love, who's on ice all this time in that system, and that defense was stellar. Now there's the Bears. I think the Bears have a bright future, but it just hasn't come to fruition yet. Correct. So, yeah, the, the Packers, more of the near future than the Bears, I think, until the Bears get this quarterback and this offense right. Correct. So, so Shay, yeah, I would say that that's a shot. It's unfortunate. Yeah. And by the way, any, any, uh, let's get the uh, news from home about the uh, Detroit's victory. Anything from Mr. Norley? He's going with his dad. He's going next week either to the game or they're going to go to a bar. Yeah. But he's going home to Detroit. He, he did call me right after the game, and he was a bit emotional. He was uh, crying. That's what I was looking for. He was a bit emotional. He could understand, He right? couldn't believe that it happened. I was happy for him. Shay, you know, more times than not, Lions would lose that game. But not, this, <laughs> but, but not yesterday. <laughs> I, I'm not even a fan. I felt like I was getting PTSD. Stafford gets the ball three times in the fourth quarter with a chance to go down and win, and I'm like, there's no way the Lions win in this spot. Somehow they just survive. It was like, Hoodie, Detroit fans, good for them, because they've never seen the Lions win that game, ever. Do you feel a- awesome. any guilt at all, Shay? No. 
for jumping off the bandwagon and becoming a fake Patriots fan and now going no, back to I Detroit? Feel, the only thing that I feel is happy for my friends. And so the text messages had to be just amazing yesterday. Yeah, all I feel is happy for my friends and for my family. Yeah. That are Lions fans. I'm, like, thrilled for them. Correct, but you're still a Patriots fan? Well, yeah, you, you, what are you talking about? You called him a fake Patriots fan. He actually is a real Patriots fan. And I've adopted the Bears. The Bears are my NFC North team. He's from Detroit. Show some loyalty to you. Where you're from. <laughs> no, that's, I mean, you can fan how he wants to fan. Eminem's at the game. Yeah. Good for Eminem. You Happy sh- for him. You should have stayed loyal. That would make it that much sweeter. No. I didn't jump off the Cubs bandwagon when they vomited all over themselves for 108 years. You know what? Yeah, made sh- it that much sweeter. Shake you it. were only alive for 55 of them. <laughs> Shake it, fan, one. how he wants to fan. Good one. You know, he's, a, he's a Patriots fan, and he's adopted the Bears. Only because this is the home of the Bears, ESPN 1000. You wouldn't feel that way if they were still on BBM. I'm just telling you. That's correct. Uh, that's <laughs> a, if Gleason was still presiding over them, that would not be correct. <laughs> on the home of the Bears. Don't do that. I'm Ron Gleason. Along the White with Sox were on LS. He'd have a tiger hat yeah, that's on. Right. All, right. All, right. All right. Along with All Jim right. Schwanz and, and Jay Hilgenberg, Ron Gleason back at Hellas Hall. Uh, yeah, so that's, yeah, if they, if, he would be adopting them if they were still down there. All right, here's Shay. Today is the deadline to declare for the NFL draft for college players, which Caleb Williams has not yet done. Brother. This did prompt over the weekend a bunch of rumors, including a very viral fake tweet, that Caleb could pull an Eli Manning and force his way to a certain destination. If he has no interest in playing in Chicago, he could also avoid the draft entirely, thank you to NIL money. So shot or no shot, as a Bears fan, it's a concern. Caleb hasn't declared for the draft yet. That's a no shot. Correct. That's that'll, that'll be no all. Shot. That'll be all for him at USC. That is correct. He'll announce today. Today's the deadline. He will announce today. It may happen during our show. And it should be an entertaining way. What I'd like for him to do is sit behind a table and have four hats out there. NFL team. <laughs> and I'd like for him to shuffle the hats around. Like he's a recruit. <laughs> That's right. Put a bear hat on. Ah, get that out of here. Cardinal. Put that on. Washington. Washington. New England. And he puts on a New England hat. Yeah. This is where I'm going, baby. I'm going to it. You can't do that. <laughs> you don't have a say. <laughs> That's what I want, Shay. I want the shuffling hats there with a, with a, on a nice table next to his mom. Who was the player that picked Alabama over LSU and his mom was sitting next to him and his mom's like furious? Oh, yeah. yeah. And she's like, I don't think that this is what's best for him. While he's committing to Alabama, that would be like Caleb picks up the Bears hat and Caleb's mom... We wanted him to be a commander. I just don't think that this is what's best for him. She walks off. That's exactly what she did. Yeah, who was that Can kid? Can you imagine this city? They'd be furious. <laughs> that one you're Caleb's mentioning, mother. who was the kid? Yeah, I, I remember the mom walking off. She he had picks enough. what, Alabama? Yeah. Yeah, she didn't like that. And also, there's always that worry where mom has Landon the, Collins. Yeah. That, no. There's always the worry that mom has the has a jacket on and she has the team underneath, and and there's always a worry that the kid does not pick the right school. Like she might wear an LSU like sweatshirt underneath, and the kid's about to take Alabama. Whoa, whoa, whoa. are you sure? Okay, great. It was Jacob Copeland. Mom got up and walked out of his press conference when he committed to Florida over Alabama and Tennessee. No, no. Landon Collins, when he committed to Alabama on national television, it was after the 
uh, All-American game or something. Like, he was on national television, and I think Reese Davis is interviewing him. Who are you going to commit to? And he goes, Bama. And then his mom's sitting next to him, and he goes, Mom, how do you feel about this? And she goes right into the microphone. This was the wrong choice for his future. Wow. There's a lot of examples of that. It's like, what? (laughs) All right, Shay. All right, so I just, if Caleb Williams were in a world to not declare for the NFL draft, since we have about eight hours left to live in that fairyland, if he doesn't declare for the NFL draft, shot or no shot, the Bears need to trade the pick and keep Justin Fields. At this point, no. He, they need to do their homework on all the quarterbacks. And if they don't believe one of them is an upgrade, then trade the pick. But if they believe one of them is an up clear upgrade, we're better if we have that guy. Then take that guy. But it's going to be Caleb Williams. He's not going back to school. He didn't even play in the bowl game. Yeah, so that's, so that's a no shot. Yeah. Shay? All right, over the weekend also, I want to just bring this up. The Bulls game, they had the Ring of Honor celebration. And pregame, they put Jerry Krause up on the video board. Fans booed. Not knowing the next thing on the video board was going to be Jerry Krause's wife, Thelma. And Thelma Krause was seen on the screen in tears at the fans booing her late husband. Shot or no shot? It was a mistake by the Bulls to put him on the screen at all. That's a no shot. That's a no shot, and here's why. I mean, this is a ring of honor. I I told you from the beginning, guys, that this was just a bad idea anyway. Ill-conceived by uh, Michael Reinsdorf. Because you knew that something like this could happen with some Bulls fans. I disagree with some of the, the sentiment out there that, well, this is because of the last dance. This is, because, this is all blamed on Michael Jordan. I just think that's just complete nonsense. The reason why that he was booed by some Bulls fans is because some Bulls fans remember that it was about the player more so than Kraus. Kraus was supposed to be the evil general manager in some people's minds. I didn't feel that way because the whole organization was able to win six championships out of eight years. Thelma Krause should have been on the screen. Jerry Krause should have been on the screen. I mean, it's just, it just part of the story, right? The, 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 the players were the good guys, and many fans recoiled at ownership and the general manager, whether that was right or wrong. I think it's wrong because they all won together. But Krause will always be the villain around here, even in death. Now, it's classless because the guy is gone. He's gone. But Thelma Krause is there, and she's crying because it's like, you guys still feel that way? You just couldn't either sit silently or just be able to have a respectful applause? No. Some Bulls fans never forget. And to me, I just think that was classless. What's the point of that? Booing Jerry Krause's pitcher? He's not around anymore for you to to boo. And then Delma Krause is going through it. That's tough. So, no, Cap, I told you it was ill-conceived from the beginning. I told you it should have been Jordan's Ring of Honor. I said Jordan should have added, I don't care if it was in the summer, the Ring of Honor should start with him whenever he's available and then move on from there. I agree with you on that part of it. I disagree with you. The Bulls should have known that he was going to get booed because every single time his name has been mentioned out loud there, whether it was his banner going up or honoring one of the championship teams before he passed, he gets booed. Had I been the host of that event, and this is not a shot at Neil Funk, he just did what they asked him to do. But had I been the one putting that together, I walk out there and say, okay, we'd like to welcome 13 members of the inaugural Ring of Honor. 
as well as the 1995, 96, 72, and 10 team. We start with whoever, Johnny Redker. Next, you're seeing on your screen Thelma Krause, the widow of former Bulls general manager Jerry Krause. Please give a warm welcome to Thelma as Jerry goes into our ring of honor. And those jackaloons at the 300 level would have booed her and him. Without even his picture, just the idea of Krause's name being mentioned, there would have been a boo, Cap. There would have been a couple idiots, but there would not have been the type of boos that they subjected to. Just the idea of Jerry Krause's name being mentioned in that building, they would have booed. I'm just telling you, they would have. But not like that. How do you know? We will never know. We will never know. But I thought the Bulls should have been smarter than that. Every single time that guy has his picture shown, idiots boo. Because he was a Hall of Fame general manager. That team's not there without his work. I agree. Was he the nicest guy in the world? He was not. I had more than my share of run-ins with him. We cleared the air before he died, and I was very glad that we did. Hey, you know, he was nice to me. He knew my mama had big hands. Oh, wow. (laughs) That was his big thing. (laughs) I remember he came to one of my high school events I was putting on, and he said, I really like the Seti Curry kit. I'm like, Jerry's... Big. He's like, have you seen his mama? Big hands, big feet. He's going to be huge. <laughs> okay. Now what? He said it out loud in front of a microphone. He did. His mama. Uh, his mama's got big hands. Uh, she's uh, got big feet. <laughs> I love him. I think he's great. What? Don't talk about his mother like that. That's a quiet analysis. Right. Oh, my God, Jerry. But rest in peace. Mama. I thought what happened on Friday night was reprehensible. But... The Bulls should have been smarter than that. And the other part you said about Jordan, said that to you on Friday as well. Michael, it's Jerry. Yeah. Whether they have a bad relationship or not, I'm getting on my jet. I'm flying to you. I need a little bit of time. Can I talk to you? Fine. Michael's not going to tell him not to come. Right. Where are you? I'm playing in a golf tournament wherever. Yeah. I'll be there. Get on my jet. Fly there. Get a car service. Get to his house. Michael, I, I want to let bygones be bygones. Did I make mistakes? We all did. Life's too short. I'm 87 years of age. I want this to be right. Guess what? I would like to have a ring of honor, and no ring of honor starts before you no go question. in. What is the date you can make work? And if it's 24-25, if it's 25-26, if it's that night, you tell me we will build everything around you. That's right. In addition, I would like to have you come in as a minority owner, whatever it is you can buy in at whatever level. It's going to be worth billions of dollars. I, you are the reason all of this, this stadium, everything is here. Let's clear the air and let's let you co- become part of us. It's just a bad job by the Bulls all around. I wouldn't have had Neil be the, uh, the, uh, the guy introducing him either. Neil, Neil's been out of the spotlight for a while. That would have been Garth Adam Amin. Foreman? Adam Amin would have done that. I thought you wanted Garfield. No. I, I don't think Neil should have been doing that either. Mm-mm. I just think it was just a bad... Like, I understand the concept, mm-hmm. but just it, poor in execution again. It could have been a black screen up there, Shay. Black screen up there at the, on the scoreboard. Just the idea of Jerry Krause's name being mentioned in that building. Oh, my God. Not that guy. Why not? Why not? For, for for young Bulls fans, they didn't understand everything in behind the scenes with Jerry Krause. You and I lived it. Yep, we lived it. I, I mean, imagine Jerry Krause just taking a call in cap. Got a minute? Yeah, yeah. 
Yeah, I, I'm going to make an announcement here. All right, we'll do, set up a recording here. I don't care if Phil Jackson goes, was it 82-0? and 0? He's not coming back here. That's correct. Telling you that. This is when it was wide open. No speculation, no spo- social media. I'm telling you he's not coming back. I started the interview and said, Jerry, great day for the Bulls. I was sitting at my little console in the sports office at WJ. We can tape it right now. Okay. Coming down at 3, 2, 1. Bulls Executive VP, General Manager Jerry Krause joins us here on WGN Radio. Jerry, a great day for the franchise. You announced a contract for Phil Jackson. Yes, we signed him to a one-year deal. I said, is there any chance that gets extended? I don't care if he goes 82-0. and This will be his last season as the Bulls coach. What? I mean, up front. As up front as they come. This is why there is booze. Because some remember that, and some watch the last dance, and it's like, oh, he was like that? Okay, well, he wasn't Michael, so we boo him. It's just unfortunate. Correct. Around the NFL, here we go. Nick Foles sucks. He sucks. I'm just a fan. I'm not a football evaluator. I love the Green Bay Packers. The guy is drunk, but there he goes. This is not Detroit, man. This is the Super Bowl. I want winners. He starts to come, and then he pulls out. This is a really thickly built guy. I mean... What's the answer you're looking for on these things here? Time to go around the NFL on the Kappa J Hood Morning Show. Don't forget to subscribe and download our podcast. Go to ESPN Chicago. Go to that app. Download that way you get everyone's podcast, everyone's uh, interviews, special features. It's all there on the ESPN Chicago app. Here's Shay Norling. Shay? I have some overreactions from what we saw the last couple days of beautiful football weekend. Uh, just incredible. Even the blowouts were entertaining. All right. Some big picture, some micro. I want to start with the Dallas Cowboys. Uh-huh. I believe now, firmly, the Dallas Cowboys losing in the playoffs is the biggest sure thing in sports. Hoodie, it's like when you go to the bar and you start talking up a girl when you're in your 20s. Mm-hmm. And you just know, like... Two minutes into the conversation, I'm getting laid tonight. That's the Cowboys in the playoffs. Holy The Cowboys losing in the playoffs is a sure thing at the bar. My God. You can take it to the bank. My God, Jay Moore. Let freedom ring. But I love sex. Um, So, yeah, I would say that is the case, Cap. I mean, mean, it's Murphy's Law. You just know it. Like, as, as talented as the Cowboys are, and they are from top to bottom, you just know that there's going to be the shoe dropping. You just know that there's going to be underachievement. And I don't know why it just happens, though. Mike McCarthy's going to lose his job here because the Cowboys can't get out of their own way. You're at home, man. You've had all the momentum. And then you lose like that? An absolute collapse. You can never put any money on that team in the playoffs. Regular season, sure. Playoffs, you just know it's going to happen. And it's it's a combination of McCarthy and Prescott. I think we've seen the ceiling with, with Dak Prescott. I think we know what that is, Cap. That's never going to get any better in the big moments. When the lights shine brightest in Dallas, that's when they fade away. Shay. All right, the Chiefs, this is a more micro overreaction. They may have won on Saturday night against Miami, but that's just delaying the inevitable. They are not good enough. Hoodie, how many times in the red zone do they have to settle for field goals? I can't take them seriously. If they can't score touchdowns, and yes, Rasheed Rice was fantastic. He's been fantastic at times throughout this season. He is the only reliable weapon that they have. Travis Kelsey has become a drop machine. He's lost a step. Even with the week off to rest, he still came out looking slow. 
Rasheed Rice is the only reliable pass catcher, and they can't score touchdowns. Yeah, Shea was on Twitter, obviously a few bottles of wine in, or a gummy. Wait a minute. Saying, Travis Kelsey, blah, blah, he's dogging him. Shea, it was 30 freaking below, man. What about those? It's not about one game, though. He's had the worst season of his career. And why do you think that is, Cap? Women weaken legs. Mm -hmm. Can't check it off, huh? How cool was that jacket she was wearing? That's fine. But, I mean, you can see where the problem is. Whatever. What do you mean, whatever? He still had a solid year. If he plays the last game, he gets 16 yards. He's had another 1,000-yard season. It's not like those things grow on trees around here. I understand that, Cap, but, I mean, you know he's better than that, all those drops. I mean, that's really – the Chiefs are third in the league in drops. Patrick Mahomes is the best that we have in the National Football League, and he's putting it on the dime. It's not like Fields sometimes overshooting D.J. Moore on the sideline. That is correct. Or or Darnell Moody. He's putting it in on the numbers. Oops, shake it off, shake it off. Horrible. And and so – I would agree with uh, Shea. Rice is the most dependable guy they have on that football team, and he still found a way to win. The Dolphins, though, that's the thing, Shea. Like, I try to give them the benefit of the doubt early. I don't know what that looks like next year. I like their weapons. It just doesn't It doesn't execute. I know what it looks like next year. The big picture reaction from that game is on the Miami side. Look, the defense, it is what it is. You were down something like six starters. I, I'm sorry. That sucks. Yeah. The offensive side of the football, Tua cost himself $300 million on Saturday. They are now going to play him on the 50-year option next season, and then we'll see what happens moving forward. He's not getting extended. That was a terrible performance from Tua. It was bad. Holding the ball for too long. He was unable to complete passes. He's overthrowing Tyree Kill. The touchdown, the lone touchdown, was a horrible underthrow. I don't know how much the wind had to do with it, but Tyreek's working back to the football. If that's any other receiver, it's an incomplete pass or an interception. I hope McDaniel understood that no matter the wind, the wind conditions or how cold it was, the Chiefs were going to run their offense. The, the feeling was, oh, the Chiefs are just going to load up and just run the football all day. Wait a minute. That's still Patrick Mahomes. They were going to throw it. Agreed. Despite some of the drops, they're still going to run what they ran. The whole the, the conventional wisdom from the experts up here before the game is like, look for the Chiefs to load up the run. They can't throw it in these conditions. They can't? Why not? They did just fine. Thank and you. Andy Reid said, you all thought we weren't going to be able to throw the ball, huh? Loved it. That's silly. I love the frozen mustache from Andy Reid, by the way. That was cool. Holy cow. That shows you how cold it was. And by the way, the one touchdown that <laughs> Miami did get, that was a hell of a play by Tyreek Hill. Breaking yeah. tackles, getting right. in the end zone. I just said that, was a, that throw was so yeah. underthrown, too. Yep. And the wind may have played a part in it being it was that way. He got it there. I'm not going to begrudge him, but the, the was receiver bad, was amazing. It was a bad throw. Tyreek Hill's incredible. Yeah. I continue to say I think he's the best I've ever watched. He's unbelievable. He is. We didn't see that kind of speed back in the day, Cap. We no. saw speed. Not like we, that. Not, not like that. That's a different kind of speed. Yeah, next level. In that weather, too, to be moving like that? Pfft. I mean. He's incredible. That's just, that's just otherworldly. We, I mean, Kev, we saw, like, Jerry Rice and, like, Willie Galt. And guys Willie like Galt that. was, like, a Olympic-level sprinter back then. Remember, everyone yeah. was like, wow, that guy's ma-. not even close. I mean, jeez. He's still in the starting gate 
Tim Next Brown. This guy. Jay Moore. Tim Brown. Another Tim one. Brown was fast. Tim Brown was fast. But not like this, man. This is amazing. All right, Jay, can you squeeze in another? I sure can. Jared Goff last night. Yeah. On second down and nine, Dan Campbell put the faith in his quarterback to throw the football to Amon Ross St. Brown for a first down that sealed the game. That hoodie was a $300 million pass. Yes. Congratulations, Jared Goff. You are the Lions quarterback for the foreseeable future. I can't come up with another term for this, Cap. You know what the Lions are? They're just balls. Whether it works or not, it's testicular fortitude. It, it is. is. Like, like some moves that, and Dan Campbell will put it on himself, like some of the choices that he's made as a head coach, trying to go for it. But everything comes with a ruthless aggression from him. Not surprising, right? But whether, win, whether they win or lose, everything is just, you know, like I just put my card out. But you know what? I'm not waiting. I'm putting all my chips in the middle of the table. We just started the game. I don't care. Everything's in the middle of the table. Let's go. Let's see your hand now. That's what it is. Right. It, it's very, because a lot of coaches are very methodical and just like more cerebral. Like, okay, let's take a look at these scenarios and what do we do in this? He doesn't care. Remember the movie Rounders? Yeah, of course. At the end, the first hand, he gets dealt pocket kings. Yeah. I'm all in. Wait a minute. He said, you got to have aces to beat me. Uh, I'm I'm betting I'm good enough. Uh, I'll lay down. <laughs> yeah. Take, take the pot. Yeah, because you're looking in that guy's eyes, and it's like, you know what? He's not bluffing. He he actually has the hand ready. You sure you don't want to pick up? A, no, I don't need another card. I'm good. Let's go now. Here you go. All in. Let's All go. In. Yep. And, that, and that's what Dan Campbell does. And I love Sean McVay. think he's awesome. Would you have kicked the field goal down there at the end? I would no. have gone for it. Nope. I also wouldn't have punted. He's... It, Sean McVay is a fantastic coach. He is one of the most conservative tail tuckers in playoff games. <laughs> Punting was insane. Yep. I didn't understand that. With one timeout left. It's not yeah. like you had full rack of timeouts. That's a horrible decision. And again, one timeout left. You're down 24-20 in the red zone. Eight yards to go. What are you kicking a field goal for? That was so exciting. That was a great way to turn the TV off when the game's over and go to bed with that feeling of... The storyline being, and you love this as a broadcaster, right? Matt Stafford can never win a playoff game in Detroit. He goes back to the belly of the beast to try to knock the Lions out of his old team. And guess what? The Lions were just that much better to be able to win. What a great storyline, right? Imagine if the Rams would have won, knocking out his team, doing some, his old team, something that he couldn't do in a Lions uniform. What a great story. Amazing. And the Lions end up winning that game. That's amazing. We've got to play that Dan Campbell locker room speech after the game. We've got to get that in today. All right. It's amazing. We have uh, more of your phone calls. If you're on hold, you will be on the air. 312-332-3776 is our phone number as we talk to you about Wild Card Weekend and the Bears. Still to come, some thoughts from Chris Canty regarding the quarterback situation for the Bears. All part of the mix on the Cap and Jay Hood Morning Show. Here's today's headlines, headlines. with Cap and Jay Hood. Bulls beat the Spurs Saturday 122-116. They're 19 and 22 on the season and 14 and 8 since November 28th when they hit a season worst 5 and 14 mark. Vucevic led the scoring with 24 double digit boards. Io 21 off the bench. There was also controversy with the Bulls over the weekend during the Ring of Honor ceremony on Friday night. Fans booed when a graphic of Jerry Krause was shown on the scoreboard. His wife Thelma sobbing was representing him in the ceremony. 
multiple people around the Bulls and nationally have come out criticizing what went on. NFL playoffs, both NFC North playoff teams won yesterday. Packers shocked the Cowboys in Jerry World, one point leading 48-16 and winning 48-32. Lions survived multiple fourth-quarter drives by Matthew Stafford and his Rams, holding on to win 24-23. And today, Bills and Steelers, baby, in Buffalo at 3.30, and the Eagles and Bucks in Tampa Bay at 7. Welcome back! Welcome Welcome back to Cap and Jay Hood on Chicago's Home for Sports, ESPN Chicago. It's the Cap and Jay Hood Morning Show on ESPN 1000 and streaming on the ESPN Chicago app. So glad that you're with us here on this Dr. King Day as we talk to you about the Bears and the NFL playoffs. 312-332-3776 is our telephone number. Some thoughts from Chris Canty. He's our teammate on Sportsmanlike. Airs from 5 to 7 before we come on on ESPN 1000. Evan Cohen, Chris Canty, and Michelle Smallman. Some thoughts here from Chris Canty regarding what the Bears should do with the number one pick. This is from this morning. The Chicago Bears absolutely made a mistake with the number one overall pick last year. I mean, after we watched what C.J. Stroud did on Saturday, the Chicago Bears clearly made a mistake with the first overall pick in 2023. Now, they traded down with the Carolina Panthers and ended up getting the Panthers' number one draft pick this year, which happens to be the first overall But to me, the mistake that they made last year in passing on the promise that was C.J. Stroud lets me know that Justin Fields won't be the quarterback for the Chicago Bears in 2024. There's no way they could justify the opportunity cost of passing on Caleb Williams and Drake May and Jaden Daniels at the top of this year's draft for an unknown in Justin Fields after you have a three-year sample size and still having huge question marks around whether or not he's your long-term option. Smalls, I get it. Things haven't been ideal with the Chicago Bears and maybe not the right environment to develop or not the right with the most ideal environment to develop a franchise quarterback. But the Houston Texans were every bit as dysfunctional coming into this last offseason as the Chicago Bears was, and C.J. Stroud just won his first playoff game. So... Yeah, the Chicago Bears, they have to take a quarterback at the top of this year's draft. Thoughts there from Chris Canty. Look, I completely agree with him but on the taking a quarterback. I don't agree with him that they completely screwed up last year's draft because, again, I would love to have C.J. Stroud. He's a stud. You would have no D.J. Moore. You would have no Darnell Wright. You would have no Jervon Dexter, I think they got with the second-round pick, Mm -hmm. who looks like a really good player. Sure. You would have no number one overall pick, and you would would not have their second-rounder next year, Carolina. All that goes away. You can't say, well, I still have D.J. Moore, right? No. All that's part of the trade. So when at the time he made the deal, armed with the knowledge that you had, that was the right way to go because the roster was so freaking bad. Now, go get the quarterback. Bears would have taken Bryce Young. I don't believe that. That's fair. I just, but again, when all I'm not the, saying they would take it C.J. Stroud, but I know they did not. They were not all in on Bryce Young. They if, were not. Okay. Well, I mean, what I'm telling you is, is that by every measure, everyone believed that Bryce Young, because he came from Alabama, that he would be the number one pick. And I, again, when we were analyzing it, and Shay can attest to it because. 
we were talking about it oh, as a show. I said, Bryce Young, a little, little on the short side. I don't know how that works in the NFL. Mm-hmm. And again, I'm not even going to go there with the low-hanging fruit of the Alabama quarterbacks and the history of how they play in the NFL. I'm just saying that, you know, C.J. Stroud, I didn't know he'd be this dynamic. I didn't know it would work so quickly. And I, I think that's one of the reasons why that we love sports is because of the surprise. had no idea that it would look like that. Not from the jump. So for, from a, more times than not, Shay, the analysts were saying, take Bryce Young. And I, would, I was saying, uh, I mean, not good enough, I don't think, in the NFL. Not sit, closing the door on his NFL career. I'm just saying what we saw was not a surprise in year one. Correct me if I'm wrong. None of the three of us were taking Bryce Young. Jay Moore, I don't think was taking Bryce Young. None of us were doing it. No. We didn't, none of us. We did not like him. No. Like I, So... On one hand, I think it's unfair to go back and say the Bears screwed it up because Bryce Young was the number one pick in the draft. Like, yeah. you had the number one pick and Bryce Young went number one. Someone else screwed it up. The Panthers screwed it up. But on the other hand, I do think it's fair because, like, you think about the Panthers and what we know now. Reich and Tepper wanted Stroud. Or uh, Reich and the, the GM, whose name escapes me, wanted Stroud. And Tepper jumped in and said, we're Scott taking Fitterer. Bryce Young. Fitterer. Yes, Fitterer. Fitterer wanted Stroud. And, and Tepper, the owner, said, we're taking Bryce Young. And then the Texans, immediately at two, are like, this is incredible. We get Stroud. So I do wonder a little bit, what happened with the development, like the process and the evaluation at Hallis Hall that they were like, we're good? I mean, well, I guess from Ryan Pohl's standpoint, he's like, you know what? I went, I put uh, Fields through the paces. Mm-hmm. I gave him nothing. I gave him Mar- Smith Marset. I gave him, you know, the, the, the wrong St. Brown. We just wanted to test his medal, see what kind of leadership that he'd have. Because this is what tanking looks like, right? You have a quarterback that was not yours in Justin Fields. Let's see what he can do. Man, you know, there were some injuries there, but he showed leadership. He never powdered. He never went to the press. So we're going to run it back with him by getting him a wide receiver. We get him DJ Moore. And that's the number one receiver that, that he can work with. The elevation of Cole Komet will try to work with the offensive line. But as we build this thing, we want to see what Fields is made of. And I think they liked what they saw in year one of polls. They liked the, the guy, the makeup of the quarterback. They may not have liked the production, but they liked the makeup of the quarterback. Temporarily, yes. Is that fair? That's fair. Yeah, that's. I think that's what it was. They, the roster was so devoid of talent, they were never ever taking a quarterback there. Never. Mm-hmm. They wanted to trade that pick because there was no clear cut. He was not all in on Bryce Young. That's a fact. But I don't think they were like, oh my god, we have to take the Shroud kid. Like, good player. We'll take. Darnell Wright and DJ Moore and all these picks. We'll do it. Jamari Moore is with us. You know Jamari Moore, don't you? I do. I, I, we know him well. The son of the great Jay Moore is with us on Cap and Jay Hood with his Paris Touch. Jamari, good morning. Good morning. How y'all doing? We're good, man. How are you? I'm well. I'm well. Thank you for asking. I appreciate you guys. Appreciate you. Jamari, I think you need the hotline. The idea that you're just calling on line one. Jay Moore, can you hook him up with the hotline? He deserves that. He deserves the hotline, <laughs> for God's sakes. I mean, just call this random caller. So Jamari from Denver. That, that's not good enough, man. You Make sure you ask the old man for the, for the secret line. <laughs> what are your thoughts on the Bears, sir? So uh, I think 
So Shay made a really good point, and, and, and Jay Hood, I think you also made a good point. Shay's point, and it's it can be a little unfair to say that the Bears messed up last year because they, we could have gotten Bryce Young or C.J. Stroud, right? So it could have went either way. And so I think that that could be a little unfair. So what you really have to look at is a couple of things. You have to look at what is the probability of a quarterback that's drafted top 10 having that level of success. And we've seen many times where you have a Lamar Jackson, Brock Purdy, Tom Brady that goes extremely low but has this tremendous success. And so the perspective that I come from is a a player's perspective of the organization and the coaching. Because maybe you all can help me out. I'll ask you all, do you all know quarterbacks today or in the past where the organization or the offense – coaching has been bad, but the quarterback has seen tremendous success and has gone far in the league. Hmm. What do you all think? Say, Ask it again. Ask it again. So, again, the situations, the yeah. how many situations have you seen where a quarterback has had tremendous success mm-hmm. in a bad organization, bad offense? Bad offense. Well, to, yeah. to do that, then you have to be so far and away better and so much more talented. Like, go back. Justin Herbert is talented as they come. He's yeah. had poor coaching. Yeah. He's had talent, poor coaching, Agreed. and they have not won. Geno Smith yeah. on the New York Jets. You get him to Pete Carroll with DK Metcalf, mm-hmm. a Tyler Lockett, and Kenneth Walker, or whoever they've had running the football there. Guess what? He looks like a hell of a lot better player. Kirk Cousins in Washington, not so good. Goes to Minnesota. Whether you like him or not, he's had, I think, six uh, 4,000-yard seasons. So there's Baker Mayfield. Baker Mayfield struggled in Cleveland and Carolina. Guess what? Todd Bowles is a pretty good coach. He's got Mike Evans and Chris Godwin and Rashad White, a pretty solid O-line. He's in the playoffs today. So, So the answer to your question is no, son. There you go. You know, you know what? The I think that the the Chargers is a pretty good comp, isn't it? I would say the Chargers is is around there. My my biggest thing and my point in that is if you look at it from a GM's perspective, and you look at some player like Caleb Williams and what he has done in the last two seasons, it's a no brainer to a lot of people, um, and it makes sense financially as well. Mm-hmm. But the thing is, is that you have to look at the situations you're bringing people into and what is really going on. And when I hear a lot of people talk about it, the players' perspective, players are very clear on how they feel about Eberflus and Fields. When I saw that they brought back Eberflus, it was a head-scratcher to me, but all of that told me is that they don't have a problem with him. They probably had a, a big issue with Getsy, and that's why he's not here. You know, I understand as a player where there's things you want to say and there's things that's happening you don't agree with, mm-hmm. but you can't necessarily say it. Justin almost slipped up a little bit earlier this season. So uh, it's like when you look at it from that perspective, they clearly – are behind fields and they're behind Eberflus and they believe in it. And I think that that's something that people just need to consider when looking at this. So when people don't understand what Pauls is doing, he's also trying to serve the players because at the end of the day, they're the ones that are out there. And yeah. without 
the belief in the locker room, it's really tough to perform. Like, I'd hate for Caleb Williams or somebody amazing to come in and people just don't support him. Jamari, so, we got to run, man. We're glad that you yes, checked in. Yes, yes. Have a great day. Stay warm. Thank you, guys. Thank you for letting me get off. Uh, Jamari, we appreciate your telephone call. Now he leaves line over for you. 312-332-3776 is our phone number. You heard from Chris Canty. What are your thoughts on what he said regarding Justin Fields and the quarterback position for the Bears next year? Cap and Jay Hood, weekday morning, 7 to 10. Follow Chicago's Home for Sports on Twitch at ESPN 1000 Chicago. Cap and Jay Hood are back on Chicago's Home for Sports. ESPN Chicago. Captain Jay Hood, weekday mornings at 7 here on ESPN 1000. With you till 10, then Mike Greenberg comes in. Then Carmen and Yurko from 12 to 2, 2 to 5.30. We have NBA hoops on this Dr. King day as the Spurs take on the Hawks, followed by Ian and Amber. At 5.30, who? Right here on your home for sports, ESPN 1000. Ian and the alert. 312-332-3776 is our telephone number. You call it the Amber Alert, right? Yep. There you go. Uh, before, it was just milk cartons. Now it's an Amber Alert. That's, That's it. on your phone and everywhere else. And above you on the highway. Yeah. Uh, sidebar, may I approach? Brought to you by Aiken Law. 3126 million for the great Howard Aiken. Put that lawyer in your phone. Sign my ball. So my daughter-in-law... And son and grandkids were over for dinner last night. It was me, Mindy, Brett, Garrett, Jen, and the kids. And I made smash burger tacos. Great night. We got football on. And I've been asked to not use take that around Ben as much as I do. Because I taught him this. Mm-hmm. He's two and a half. He'll be three in February. Of course. Almost three. Apparently, he's going up to his eight-month-old sister, taking the toy that she's playing with, and going, take that. Yeah. Jen's like, um, David, it's cute and it's funny and all that till he gave her a little shot the other day and said, I'll take that. Take that. Wow. She's like, what did you say? Take that, mom. Yeah. Hmm. I'm like, man after my own heart. Okay. I'm like, Jen, you can't let, he can't stop doing that. She's like, He's taking toys from his sister, who's eight months old. Mm-hmm. That's right. Oh, and you're all right with that? Absolutely. It's little kids have get a little tougher. And uh, ultimately, those two will be on Maury together. Where did it all start? Wow. Because Granddad told me to take that. <laughs> so you're saying the origin of your anger comes from your Granddad? I'm just telling you, kid. <laughs> I'm 90 years old. I'm Maury Povich. I'm not a kid. I'm just telling you, kid. If I wanted that toy, I got that toy. And she could take that. That's it. Okay. And when she starts playing basketball and she learns to protect the basketball when she's getting pressure in the backcourt, uh-huh. you're not taking that from me. I learned that from my brother. Okay. <laughs> okay. <laughs> just... So, but she has a problem with it. The mom has a problem, and they, they talk, was, they've talked to you about it. She was kind about it, but she's like, "Can we just back off a little with the take that with Ben?" It's already there now. Yeah, <laughs> you've already put the tech, take that poison at him. Then I got yelled at for opening heaven forbid for not for me for Brett a yeah. brand new bag of Tostitos. Mindy comes up. Uh, is that a new bag? Yeah. 
Oh, my God. We had this discussion because there was an open one in the cabinet, and I opened a new one. And I'm like, are you effing kidding me right now? Really? So I sent Ben on a little message, and he went up and said, be nicer to Cappy. <laughs> oh, that's, that's good. Now he's sending messages. Oh, my God. What are you doing in that home? God. And why is that such a bad thing? Okay, you didn't know that the other Tostitos was open. It's she claims that I did. I didn't because I don't eat them. Okay, but bottom line is they're both going to be eaten. They're sports on. Correct. They're, they're both going to be taken care of. What difference does it make? Right. Wow. Bullying you. That's not Bullying. right. Bullying. I, I've told you this for years. She's not doing you right. <laughs> She's out of line. Just telling you. I'm just telling you, Mindy. Jen, Garrett. Take that. You got to go back to the days of the honeymooners when you used to be the man of your household. That's how they used to do it back in the day with Joyce Randolph passing away. She died yesterday. Yeah. 99. I thought of you right away. She was Trixie on the honeymooners. (laughs) Broke my heart. She's the last of the cast that was still alive. The sexier of the two. She was great. She was super cool. By my choice. (laughs) I think the better of the two back there. Trixie uh, passing away. Yeah, I saw that. That's how they used to do it. That's how Ralph ruled his home. You gotta start doing that. King of the castle. That's exactly right. We're a bag of shells. Rule the roost. That's exactly right. That's In two minutes, we'll take more of your phone calls. 312 332 ESPN 332 is our phone number. Your thoughts on Wild Card Weekend and how's that relate to the Bears on Cap and J Hood.